call to bring the dragons home, and in doing so, woke us up. Oh, I did watch that cinematic. It, it was is very such creepy. a good cinematic. It's really sad too. It is. He's the last one. They managed to capture that heartache. Very uh-huh. like that's the thing that makes me really sad about Actabliz. Like, There's part of me wishes they would just become an animation studio. You don't want when they that. Decide... They're so bad at writing. Oh, I know, but their animations are so good. Yeah, they did the World of Warcraft movie, and from there, it just the, all of the production oh. on their cinematics went up. Yeah, but the the story bad. <laughs> yeah, um, fair point. They they need someone else to write the stories, and then they just need to animate them. I will that say that the Dragon Isles story actually hasn't been terrible so far, but I have not okay. gone through uh, the entirety of the story. So I'm not, like, into end that quote-unquote endgame content for the expansion mm-hmm. yet. Um, but, so yeah, the Drakthir woke up, and we, we are the native inhabitants, along with the Draconids, of the Dragon Isles, rediscovering our history and finding new purposes for ourselves. Because all we have ever known for our entire lives, before being put to sleep, is training and fighting and being an army yeah so we are learning to be other people there's like little short quests and stories about like different like drakthir npcs discovering that they like cooking or doing like different kinds of magic one uh drakthir becomes an ornithologist also don't be mad at me but the fact that the drakthir were created just to be like warriors and fighters my brain goes to the clones in Star Wars. Yeah, no, that's that's a little bit the vibe. That is a little bit the vibe. And I am someone who loves the clones desperately. Yeah, I've got my friend Britt uh, dearly loves Bad Batch. And it's very funny because we know when a Bad Batch episode has occurred because Britt will come into the street, into the calls, just like, ah, just crying. <laughs> It's very funny, and I know Britt will never listen to this, but I love you, Britt. Never, never, ever stop crying to us about Bad Batch. I love hearing your misery. <laughs> I just take Star Wars as characters that they don't care about and make the story better um, with Will, <laughs> because that's just what we do. We write fan fiction in uh, uh, Discord chat. You have the power! Yeah. Will will take the stuff that we do and actually use it to write fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good it's powerful i help idea bounce it's fun anyway <laughs> um so yeah we woke up and the dragons all came back and basically the storyline for um for uh uh the dragon isles is that the primalists which are a cult <laughs> if uh-huh. you couldn't tell the primalists are a cult of uh, various like races around Azeroth who want to bring back the primal dragons. The dragons hmm. who, instead of accepting the aspectral power that the Titans offered them, accepted power from a different source. I'm not entirely clear on where specifically, but one of them escapes because the primalists set her free. And she's called Radagast. And she is a massive proto-dragon um, which looks different than the regular dragons. They've got nubby little arms. <laughs> They're the T-Rex of dragons. Oh no. 
got big head, little arms. I don't think um, this plan was thought out very is well. The mother of storms. Ooh. And so, like a lot of the the the, the stuff with the Dragon Isles is like storms. So, like whenever a storm is coming, it's like that's like the bad shit happening. Mm. There's a lot of like symbolism with it and stuff. It's actually really cool. Um. And she keeps fucking shit up, and she's trying to free the other, like, primal dragons. And she keeps mocking the other, like, the the, as the aspectral dragons for accepting the titan's power and calling them weak and uh, traitors and stuff like that. Because the dragon queen, who is the, uh, who is Alex Straza from the Red Dragon Flight, uh, they were basically sisters when they were younger. Uh, because mm. all of these dragons are extremely old. <laughs> um, and instead of killing Radagast, she sealed Radagast away because she didn't want to kill her sister. Understandable. But, like, her sister's been sealed away for thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Mm -hmm. So she's pissed. <laughs> Radagast's Again. fucking pissed. Understandable. Uh, and so the storyline is basically dealing with that. And I, again, am not anywhere near endgame content. I think I am, like, two-thirds of the way there. Mm -hmm. uh, but I have also fucked off and done a bunch of side quests because I don't actually care about doing, like, the main storyline quests. I like doing side quests. There's an entire side quest where you run around on your dragon mounts and do, like, race, it, uh, like, uh, race courses on the dragons. It's really fun. I did all of those. <laughs> so, yeah, the, there's... I love the Dragon Isles because of all of the beasts as well that are there. Like, the storyline, the lore is actually pretty cool. The environments are beautiful. The critters? Oh my god. Oh my god, kid. <laughs> so my usual mains in World of Warcraft are hunters. The Drakthir Evoker, I'm so mad I can't be a hunter and be a dragon at the same time. I'm hoping they change that eventually, but, like, I'm so mad. Um, so I spent a week leveling up, like, both of my old uh, World of Warcraft main, like, mains, the ones that I would main playing, who are both mm. hunters, specifically mm. so I could come to the Dragon Isles and start taming every single thing I can find. <laughs> Because I want them. They're really fucking cool. Like, I got to sit, again, like, I got to sit through Izzy reading out all of their 80-something pets the other night. Those are the companion pets, though. Those are, like, the little mini pets that are, like, basically cat-sized. Yeah, but you still have fight, 80 but of you them. Can do, I have 88 of them, and they can do Pokemon battles. And I've actually caught more since I showed those off. Um... And I've got different mounts and shit, because Can bought me a year's worth of World of Warcraft. It came with mounts. One of them being a giant <laughs> murloc, which is like a weird frog creature. One of them being a giant mana worm, which is just like a weird uh, dragonish thing. And one of them being a giant scarab beetle, and I love him. Uh, <laughs> we're supposed to get Lunar New Year stuff with it as well. But that hasn't come out yet because it's not the Lunar New Year yet. Oh, God. Speaking of Scarab Beetles, I'm sorry to jump in here, but I'm going to derail your World of Warcraft thing for a moment here. Uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet has a Dung Beetle 
and a scarab beetle evolution line now. Oh shit. And when I first yeah, and when I first saw them, hang on, let me let me look them up so I can show you. You don't you don't mind, do you? No, I don't mind. Okay. When I first saw him, I was delighted. Um until I actually took a closer look and now it's one of my uh Um, and that's one of my least favorite because of, no, that's not one. Hang on. Sorry, I'm now distracted because, uh, the Christmas presents that I bought for Philo finally arrived at Philo's, uh, house and it, she sent me pictures and I'm gay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Relor, that's it. Uh, so it's called Relor and he's just like. When you first see him, you're just like, oh, he's just a little dude. He's just a little guy. And then you see, like, his weird little face, and you're like, oh, no. Hang on. Here's a picture of it and its evolution. No, I don't need that. Yeah, because, like, from the back, he's really cute. Where did you send that? I sent it in the recording text channel. Oh, there it is. Oh. Oh. Uh-huh. Oh, I think it's supposed to be like those crabs that have people faces on them. I think so, too. But the fact is, is that like this is his actual face. And I don't like it. I don't like that he has a nose. <laughs> it's just it's very upsetting to me. It's like we finally get like a really cool like scarab dung beetle Pokemon and then they do them dirty like that. And like the shiny of it, the shiny is like one of the few shinies where like the texture actually changes. The The dung ball becomes a gold nugget. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, but I, I deeply dislike it. It upsets me greatly and I don't like it at all. It's like why, like everything about the design is so good. And then you see the face and you're just like, oh, oh no. Why would they do this? Um... Yeah, but is it my turn to rant about Square Enix a little bit? Yes, feel free to rant about Square Enix. <laughs> I think I have worn myself out talking about World of Warcraft for the moment. Okay, because, um, like, again, like, the whole Square Enix thing is that none of their live services, aside from Final Fantasy XIV, have been successful. None of them. They messed up with the Avengers, which you would think Avengers would be just an easy thing to make money off of it is like the thing right now for normies and like people who think they're nerds but they just like whatever disney churns out um you know so you would think having the avengers series they'd be able to make money hand over fist no they manage it so poorly that it's barely surviving if if even that and then you've also got you know it's like okay so they messed up the avengers whatever i don't care about that then they had a Final Fantasy VII, like, uh, looter shooter, free-for-all kind of a weird thing. Like, it was a battle royale final, set in Final Fantasy VII. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't tell me that it was set in Final Fantasy VII, I wouldn't have known it was supposed to be a Final Fantasy VII game. Because the aesthetic of it doesn't look Final Fantasy VII. It just looks kind of like a vaguely generic shooter with some vague, maybe Final Fantasy elements kind of slapped on it. You know, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Final Fantasy The Spirits Within, and I say that with the most condemnation. I can. <laughs> Fuck that movie. Um, I, 
I have a deep personal hatred for that movie for so many reasons. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like they failed with that. They failed with that. There was that Babylon game they tried to put out, like the studio who makes um, Bayonetta had to make a, you know, a service, live service game and it failed horribly. Like it didn't even last a year. And yet they keep thinking that they can get away with this. And it's like, no, video game, like we've seen time and again, people don't want NFTs or blockchain in their video games. They don't want this. They don't support this. And yet he puts out like they, the, the, he puts out another letter this year of, oh yes, we're going to commit to NFTs and blockchain. Like we've already sold off so many of our actual valuable Western assets. Like, I can't believe they sold Tomb Raider. So yeah. They can invest in blockchain. What the fuck? Like, what reality are they living in? I they highly miss- recommend if people don't know shit, like jack shit about this, to watch the Jimquisition videos about what uh, yeah. Ubisoft has been doing. Like Ubisoft oh. and Square Enix. Yeah. Jimquisition is a very good channel. Yes. They they are fantastic. James Stephanie Sterling is great. There's also another channel I watch on YouTube called uh, Yong Ya. Mm-hmm. He he's pretty good at summarizing news. Um, he's mostly like a news summary channel of like what's going on in video games and stuff like that. Like most of the video game news I get, I just watch like little stuff he does because he's good for background noise um, when I'm drawing. Um, but it's just like good lord. And then you see stuff like the the Logan Paul crypto zoo scam thing he did which was supposed to be an air quotes game you know it's just like nfts can't exist within the game universe and they won't listen to us when we tell them we don't want it it's not gonna work they're just like if we keep pushing it through eventually people will accept it it's like no we won't you know what we'll do we'll go play indie games you know like we're not going we'll go to whoever doesn't Make us interact with this. <laughs> ah! Okay, I think that's my screen. There's better random. games out there, and I say yeah. this as somebody who is playing game from a company <laughs> that I actively hate. <laughs> if you don't know, Jack Shitter fuck about Activision Blizzard, uh, because you have been living in blissful peace for the past few years. <laughs> In which I envy you, because I have not. Uh, Activision Blizzard is currently, and for the past several years, been trapped in lawsuits, civil uh, 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 court claims, uh, and allegations for discrimination, sexual harassment, etc. Particularly to do with uh, uh, what's his face? Bobby Kotick, I think is his name. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 just, oh God. Activision Blizzard is awful. They do not consider, mm-hmm. uh, what they are doing before they do the thing. Uh, they are consistently pushing, uh, uh, pay to win and gambling type shit. Looks at Overwatch loot boxes. Yeah. Uh, looks at Overwatch. Overwatch. Everything about Overwatch 2. Everything Overwatch about Overwatch 2. 2. 
Yeah. Which so nobody Overwatch likes. Is in the all of it, not just the first game, but the all of it. Uh, they they made Junkrat look like a twink, and I'm mad about it. <laughs> they smoothened him. They smoothened him. What, what, what's the current term? Yassified? Yes. And I hate it. And, like, World of Warcraft is not exempt from any of this. I love World of Warcraft for a variety of very nostalgic reasons. It was a game that I played with my dad a lot when I was younger. He got me into World of Warcraft. He got me into fantasy. And so World of Warcraft has a special place in my heart for that reason. I enjoy playing it. It reminds me of my dad. I don't want to support Activision Blizzard for the most part because they're terrible. And I resisted playing World of Warcraft for a long time and like this is I am calling myself out for this and I know that like I do have a choice in which I can be like no I just I won't play it. This game brings me a lot of joy. And I have no excuse beyond that. Honestly, with the way things are going right now, if something brings you joy and it's not like actively hurting others, just mm -mm. yeah, like like this this isn't a case of like supporting that new Harry Potter game, which is like actively uh, anti-Semitic. Yeah. Um, this is World of Warcraft. You know, it's yeah. huge, it's vast, it's more than what it started as. Yeah, and a lot of this has to do with the people who are higher up, who make the decisions and not with the smaller mm -hmm. developers who are trying to make the game as best as they can. Yeah. Um, although it is very funny when they add a new thing into the game and it breaks something, looks at all <laughs> of the Drakthir who were able to get that one really <laughs> rare mount drop because the loot rolling table was fucked for them. And I'm sorry, but I absolutely adore the way they wrote that article. That article is so well written. It's so I'm beautifully written. I'm actually sad I missed out on that. I don't blame you. <laughs> that mount is very pretty looking. Yes. They have adjusted it now, though, so that like the the rate in which the mount drops is higher. Yeah, it's obtainable now. Yeah, it is obtainable now. It's not aggressively frustrating. So... Okay, and video I actually... games is bad. Video I games also is did, bad. <laughs> I also did actually put a little bit of a plan here, where it was like um, we talked about current games we're playing, our favorite video games, and our our most impactful, like our first impactful video game. Like, what was the first game we ever played? But we were already an hour and a half in, so we might have buried the lead on that a little bit. And I'm debating on if we want to. Uh, we can just kind on. of do like a brief overview of like some of our uh, games that we feel like influenced us as people okay. in the same way that like Redwall has influenced us as people. Okay. Yeah. So like an hour and a half into this, if you guys are still here. Um... As you should be. <laughs> you love us too much to stop listening. <laughs> and hey, again, we're good for background noise. I know. I've actually listened to us while cleaning sometimes and my brain just clocks out, so I know it's perfect. Um, yeah. <laughs> we have good voices um, for it. Thankfully, luckily. Um, but I will say that, like, if I had to think back to, like, the first impactful video game for me, like, as cliche as it might sound, it would be Pokemon Red on the Game Boy Color. Yep. Like, Mine was I blue, have such but yep. 
I have such a strong memory of like that year mom said, okay, you have two choices. You have a Christmas gift that you can get early and then you have the Christmas, like, but you pay for it with your allowance money. Like you pay for half of it with your allowance money. So it was like, it was half Christmas, half I pay for it. And the other one was the gift that mom and dad would pay everything for, but I couldn't have it until Christmas. So I chose to pay half for a scooter because scooters were in then. Yes. And if I got the scooter early, I could actively play with the scooter because I lived in California. It, it, we didn't really get, we, you don't get snow where I live in California unless you drive up into the mountains. Yeah. Um, and so I got the scooter and mom and dad got me the Game Boy Color Purple Edition, like the see-through purple edition. Oh, um, jealous. Mine yeah. was pink. You want to know where we bought this? What? In the mall at a KB Toys. Oh, I miss KB Toys. I know. I miss how, like, that that mall used to have, like, two different toy stores, a bookstore. Just, oh, I miss the mall. Mall anyway. culture is dying and it's sad. It is. <laughs> anyway, now that we've made ourselves sad. Um, Where are my mall and, rats at? <laughs> and a copy of Pokemon Red. And I remember that Christmas morning. It was gray. It was foggy. And I was plunked on the couch in our little living room, nose deep in Pokemon Red. And I can still, I can't hear the Pallet Town music without instantly getting transported back to that Christmas morning. You know, and it's such a good, strong memory of, you know, I love it. I love it that I have that memory of laying on the couch. Like, and when I would lay on the couch, I was like one of those kids who would like lay with my back on the seat and then like my feet sticking up in the air. So like I'm lying on my back with my feet sticking up in the air, like resting against the, the back cushions, like playing the game above me. Um, I got stuck in that game for like two months <laughs> when I got to the Safari Zone because I didn't know what you were supposed to do because, you know, we didn't have the internet to tell us what to do back then and the game only gave hints. I didn't know that I was supposed to be really careful with my steps so I could get back in there, grab some old guy's lost teeth, and then give that old guy's lost teeth to him so he could talk and he'd give me the Surf HM. I also didn't know I was supposed to get strength there. How was I supposed to know that? I was like, hold, oh, that was like summer. Of, if that was Christmas of 97 or 98, if it was 98, I was almost seven years old. Yeah. You know, it's like, I didn't know any of that. How was I supposed to know that? So I got stuck for months until I accidentally stumbled across the teeth. And it was just like, oh, you mean I can move on from here? <laughs> I can leave? <laughs> yeah, it was a revelation when I finally found those stupid teeth. How do you lose your teeth that badly? <laughs> oh, man. The original games were so jank. I never want to play them again. <laughs> they can stay nostalgic for me. Yeah, um, one of my first uh, very influential games, like yes, was uh, Pokemon Blue for a lot of the like, like it. It's Pokemon, like weird '90s kids, like Pokemon. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. But before I ever played Pokemon, I actually played um, Legend of Zelda. Hey. Um, 
What was the fucking one specifically called? Uh, what, do you remember which console it was on? N64. That, oh, you mean Ocarina of Time? Ocarina of Time. Thank you. My brain's not yeah. working right now. That's um, okay. We're probably yeah. not going to be doing this too much longer. No. Ocarina of Time was the first Zelda game I ever played, and it was very difficult. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a lot of fun because it was, you know, a fantasy world. It was fun to try and figure out, like, how to beat certain areas, like, uh, going into, like, the forest and having to listen for the music mm-hmm. and shit like that. Like, it was it was a lot of fun to have, like, and... That game, I think, influenced a lot of, like, my preferences going forward with games. Um, but also because I was uh, the, quote, the, the girl in the family with two younger brothers, I did not actually get to play video games that often because they would hog the N64. Uh, and I would have to, like, basically strong arm them into playing multiplayer games so that we could all play. Because whenever I wanted to play a game by myself, like, no. That wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Mario Kart Double Dash <laughs> and Super Smash Brothers Melee. See, I was also always very lucky. My sister was an outdoors girl. She was a horse girl. So she didn't care about video games. Like, I remember one time I asked her, like, Ange, don't you ever want to play video games? She kind of looked down at my PlayStation 2 and just went, no. <laughs> she didn't care. Like, she, she would play Crash Team Racing with us. But that was it. You know, like, she didn't care about video games otherwise. She had places to go, horses to ride, people to hang out with. Zoom. Yep. Yeah, I was definitely very indoors. Um, Another game that, like, I remember vividly, but I never managed to beat. You remember, like, those really old... um, uh, Game Boy games you could get that were like 101 Dalmatians or like the Powerpuff Girls and they were uh-huh. extremely difficult. Uh-huh. Because yeah. of the uh, blockbuster claws. They... That a lot of people like to call it nowadays. Oh my god. I had uh, a Powerpuff Girls game that was specifically about bubbles. And uh-huh. I had the 101 Dalmatians like game, uh, Game Boy game like the Game Boy Color game. I never beat either of them. They were incredibly frustrating. Getting those fucking keys! I had a Beauty and the Beast Game Boy game. And it was Beauty and the Beast, but it was a board game. Oh, God. So you would would roll dice. You you could choose which character you wanted to be. Like, I think you could be Belle, Beast, and, like, Gaston was, like, always your opponent. You couldn't be Gaston. He was your opponent. Um... But, like, you could be Belle or Beast, and I think there might have been, like, a couple of the objects. But you would roll the dice, and you would land on little mini-games. And I actually remember, like, really enjoying playing the mini-games, because the mini-games was stuff like, um, you could play Spittoon. Like, you would have to spit into a Spittoon as mm-hmm. Gaston. Or you'd have to make sure the basement doesn't flood as Lumiere, because you would use your fire to make sure the water drops would evaporate, but you couldn't use the same one each time so you had to balance which one you were using um and then there was like a log splitter game where you would have to bounce the logs into the pile like they were actually really fun little mini games um for like you know a disney game boy game 
you know, in the era of pumping out the, sh- like, this was not quite shovelware yet, but we were getting close. We were getting there. Uh-huh. Let's talk about computer games we remember playing as, as small <laughs> children. Okay. I had, you remember that really weird Mario time travel video game that came out where you, it, it, so it was Mario time travel. Bowser had gone back in time on earth and stolen important objects from I people in history. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. I don't remember exactly what it was called, but it was basically like Mario time travel. And it was to teach you about history. You would go back in time and you would have to talk to people to get like keywords. And then you would go talk to the person in question. So like, um, uh, Newton, it would talk about how Newton was actually a really famous mathematician, yada, yada, yada. But the object you had to give back to him was the apple. And when you gave him the apple, he would be like, that's what my lecture was supposed to be about. And he would remember that he was going to lecture about gravity that day. See, or, I was talking about like pajama Sam. <laughs> well, I mean, it was kind. It was, it was but, educational. But, and what was the one with the fish? Oh shoot! I never had the fish. I did have one putt putt game. Um, I also had a magic school bus computer game. Uh, I spy. No, oh, we never I had, had the I spy haunted mansion. <laughs> Something about the I spy Freddy photos fish. always freaked me out. Freddy Fish is the fish one. There you go. Fish. Um, I really liked the the Haunted House I Spy game. I played it over and over and over and fucking over. Um, what is it? Uh, <laughs> you mentioning the 101 Dalmatians game. I had one of the 101 Dalmatians like point and click little interactive uh-huh. storybook games. Heroes of Might and Magic. I have never heard of that. Oh god, it was basically like a a exploration territory claiming game uh oh. where you could like gather creatures and stuff and like you had to do resource management um kind of like civilization but very high fantasy with okay. um a turn-based combat and you could play a single player or hot seat where because this was all it wasn't an online game you and somebody else who was in the same room using the same computer you would just switch your seats out it would be me (laughs) and one or both of my brothers all trying to sit in the same chair (laughs) (laughs) or we would have like the computer chair and one of the kitchen chairs you mentioned that my fifth grade teacher love technology and he had like a bank of old computers where there was a i remember there was a chess game there was carmen san diego no one of the early civilization games and star wars pod racing (laughs) those are the three games he had on those on all of those computers he had those three games installed and if you were good if your grades were good you were allowed to stay in during recess and play those games amazing oh yeah did you play those games all the time i sucked at them but (laughs) i say as if i wasn't also a goody to choose child (laughs) i was the kid who put my nose in a book and didn't look up pretty much yeah (laughs) which actually got me in trouble at school but i think i've told that story yeah yeah same yeah uh god 
video games are such an important part of our lives as kids who grew up like in the late 90s and the early 2000s like mm-hmm. where technology was just rapidly changing like do you remember those like off-brand like uh uh game boy advance games that you could get that were like this has 90 different games on it and it was all like half of it was just different versions of tetris and half of it was this is an extremely bootleg uh dr mario game i actually had one but it it was specifically for tetris and i wish i so deeply wish i still had this weird little thing because it was a it was a it was a, one of those, you would, it looked like a DS and you would flip open the middle portion and that would reveal a little LED screen, which you could then play different versions of Tetris on. And I would play that thing all the time. And I wish I had it because now, do you know how hard it is to just find Tetris with a Zen mode like they used to have where you could just play and play no nowadays it's like it's competitive tetris or it's tetris with the timeline it's like no i just want to play zen mode i just want to play for as long as i can play before you know i get blocked out stop trying to make it multiplayer i don't want this all right but another thing about like growing up in the 90s with like video games was the playground rumors all of the wild playground rumors you would get or like the, the creepy really... pastas before they were creepy pastas. Yeah, Lavender um, Town. <laughs> Lavender Town. How like a kid died from listening to the music. Pokemon is like satanic. Oh, the satanic panic. Oh man. The like the late nineties satanic panic, oh, which was just Pokemon is evil and bad, and it's like it's, is it? It's teaching our kids that animal fighting is okay, and that evolution is real it's like i hate to break it to you honey but it is (laughs) also as a small side note i'm a theistic evolutionist basically which means i do believe that god started it off but evolution and like the whole time scale of the earth is there we've got proof of it god made the dinosaurs because dinosaurs are cool man yeah it's like there's there's no reason there's no reason the process couldn't have been helped along a little bit (laughs) um anyway uh but, like, I remember, like, the rumors for Pokemon, like, the Misty Stone, which would evolve Pikachu into a water type called Pika Blue. God, you yeah. Um, or the Poke Gods, where, like, you could evolve Charizard if you found the Charcoal Stone, and it would turn into, like, Charcozard or something like that. And it would be super powerful and unbeatable. <laughs> The rumors Pokemon about, gods. like, the, the, like, shiny Charizard before it, like, was a thing. Uh-huh. Which all stemmed from the, the Rocket Charizard card, which was a black oh, Charizard. I loved that card so much. Same. Never owned it, but I loved it. I had it at one point, and then my cousin stole it from me. Oh. Yeah, and it was hollow, too. I, my favorite card from that time is, I still have it, too, is my Team Rocket Mewtwo, and it's hollow. I have one question, and that is, what is your favorite low-budget video game, like, that you can, like, think of and remember, that's just, this game should be absolute garbage, but for some reason you love it. Low-budget. Okay, hang on, give me... Give me a minute here. It's <laughs> just like I've just got to like shuffle through memories. If you want to talk about yours, go ahead. 
I'm thinking. I I thought of this question and while I was like saying it, I'm like trying to remember mine. Um, I think it was. Um, so you remember in like the mid the mid aughts, they released these like arcade things which were just little boxes with like a joystick and some buttons yeah that would have like one or two game like arcade games on them like galica or dig dug or whatever yeah yeah we had one of those for dig dug oh my gosh i fucking loved that game just dig just dig a hole man <laughs> i don't know why but i could sit and play the game for hours i had it also had a uh, galica on it and i had the high score in that because my brothers were bad at it um, but that came out around when like Guitar Hero and Rock Band first came out too. So, yeah. Um, they were very much more into Guitar Hero and Rock Band, and I was bad at playing the guitar or the drums. Uh huh. But I could sing. Uh, and so like my dad had got a microphone for the system so that I could also participate. Oh. <laughs> Let's see. I think for me, my brain goes to a DS game. It wasn't Fossil Fighters, but it was like, it was like a knockoff of Fossil Fighters, which Fossil Fighters already wasn't like a AAA big budget game to begin with. I've and heard people was... talk about it and it feels very like Digimon knockoff. It does. Yeah. Like it, it very much is like Jaden actually has like a couple of really cute episodes about Fossil Fighters 1 and 2. Um, Jaden Animations, go give them a watch. I love her to death. Um, she's, she's very good. I have also so watched her. Um, but the one that I had was like Fossil Finder or Fossil Quest or something. It was like, it was like a little ripoff. But the thing was, is that their dinosaurs were actually like realistic. They were dinosaurs. They were dinosaurs. Like magical of uh, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh monsters. Yeah. Um, and, like, you still fought them, but, like, the animations were very... Like, you could tell this was, like, a cheap, on-a-budget game. Um, but, like, the part that I really enjoyed was actually the fossil discovery because it was a little bit of, like... Um, you know those games where, like, there will be, like, a little ball bouncing around or little spiders and you have to draw lines to avoid the spiders or the ball and, like, make yeah. it progressively be smaller and smaller? It was that style of gameplay, but you'd have to be strategic about where you drew it so you could actually uncover fossils. And it was super simple, but it was really fun. Like, it was perfect for a travel game. Like, you could just pick it up, play it for a while, and set it down. Because there wasn't any plot. There wasn't really any high-stakes story going on. You just picked it up, found some fossils, and then when you were done, you were done. Nice. Okay, one more. One more question. One more question. Okay. Have you ever played a Final Fantasy game? Uh, Excuse you. Of course I have. What's your favorite? Um, this is not me. This is not me trying to like be like, oh, you don't like Final Fantasy VII? You're wrong. Like I've no, no, never no. played Final Fantasy VII. I actually have played Final Fantasy VII, and I got the Switch version, and I absolutely did turn on the cheats because I just wanted to play through the story. Um, <laughs> I got stuck in the Shinra building in the stupid stealth section where you have to sneak past the guards. <laughs> I swear. I couldn't do it. I spent an hour trying to get past those guards, and I won't touch the game now because I'm mad. But so, yeah, so I have is, played seven. What but... is your favorite Final Fantasy game? <sighs> this includes side games. Controversial opinion. 
but it was my first Final Fantasy and I have a very deep love for it, even though I know the system it plays is absolutely broken now. And I, if they ever do remake it, I hope they change the system. But Final Fantasy VIII. Okay. That is respectable. I've never, yeah. I've played like the first two Final Fantasy games, the ones that were like on handheld, right? Yeah, the Pixels. Yeah. Pixel, yeah. Very good games. Do like the like turn-based combat. It's very fun. They're simple. They're not as difficult or in-depth as the later games get. Yeah. My absolute favorite Final Fantasy game is Crystal Chronicles. Oh! Which was a side game. Yeah. It was kind of a explore and defend the region. You have like a party of people. Um, you could like customize your Moogle a little bit by giving it like a haircut and dyeing <laughs> its fur. Um, there weren't there were chocobos in it, but it wasn't as the chocobos weren't like you couldn't really interact with them. Yeah, as much. Um, but it's just a, a fun game because it was basically just dungeon crawling. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a similar vein to like uh, Baldur's Gate or something. All right, you know what was also a shockingly fun Final Fantasy spinoff game? Uh, the Chocobo card game. I can't remember the name for it, but I, I have a complex relation. Oh, that and Revenant Wings, which Revenant Wings <laughs> was a spinoff of Final Fantasy twelve. And I had never played Final Fantasy XII, so I had no idea who any of these characters were. But it was a tactics-style game that a friend of mine in high school had let me borrow it. Like, we'd, we'd traded games where she'd let me borrow it because she was done with it. And to this day, I feel so guilty because I never got the game back to her. Oh, no. And I tried. Like, I actively did try to get the game back to her, and I never got to. So now it's just like, I've got this game that I'm just like, I wish I could give this back to you. Rip. Yeah, Rip but the Chocobo guard, the Chocobo, Chocobo, Chocobo card game. The Chocobo card game was on the DS and is surprisingly charming because the animation is like in that paper craft kind of pop up book style. Mm -hmm. It's really Very like, cute. Uh, paper Mario. Yeah, but paper it's got Mario, like, also highly influential in my life. Oh yeah, I but it's got like games. a. It's got like an older paper style look to it. Like it doesn't look crisp. It has that kind of like soft, like. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Storybookish. Yes. Yeah. That's why I said pop-up book. Um, but it's very good, very charming, and very sweet. And I liked it very much. And I, I don't remember if I actually ever beat it or not, but I do remember like really enjoying the time I spent playing it. Hell yeah. Yeah. Final Fantasy, they're they're good games. Like the franchise has put out like good games. Even the side games tend to be good, even if like some of the the systems they use are like iffy. Yeah. Uh, like I don't think I could ever play Final Fantasy Tactics and be good at it. No. <laughs> but like Crystal Chronicles is great. Some of the like sillier side games can be really fun. A lot of the Chocobo dungeon games are really cute. Because it's Chocobos. Yeah, they're Chocobos. They're chocobos. You can't go wrong with chocobos. Uh. And the reason I say Final Fantasy VIII like, is a controversial take, for like those who just don't know, um, Final Fantasy VIII had the audacity to change up the battle system. Which Especially didn't after FF7, which was like the game, right? Yeah. Like yeah. that game is one, like that's why I said Final Fantasy VII earlier, because like Final Fantasy yeah. VII is the one that like when you ask people like, What's your favorite Final Fantasy game? They will say 
Final Fantasy VII. Right. And justifiably so. It's a good game and it has good storytelling. And um, I still find it highly ironic that uh, Square Enix has basically become Shinra. But um, <laughs> I'm not even exaggerating that. For a while, they were considering calling their like games as a service division Shinra. I'm not exaggerating. Good lord. They seriously considered calling part of their company Shinra after the villains of the game that is keeping them afloat. Aside Capitalism! From uh, and also, I will admit, I adore the Final Fantasy VII remake for being willing to play with the meta of the story of the character's existence because the whispers like i was laughing because in final fantasy 7 there is the in the remake there are these beings called whispers who if the story deviates they appear to try to force the characters back into the story of the original game and for example there's this like spoilers for the final fantasy 7 remake part one (laughs) There is a scene in the Shinra building where they are going to, you know, like get the Shinra president and they keep seeing signs of Sephiroth. They get to the Shinra president's uh, office and Sephiroth stabs Barrett and kills Barrett. But then a whisper appears and brings Barrett back to life because this was not his place to die. He wasn't supposed to die here. If he died here, it would change the story. So he's brought back to life. But now they're aware of these whispers. They're aware that they're trying to force them down a path. So at the end of the Final Fantasy VII Remake, they literally go into a fight with the whispers and end up stepping into a world where the whispers can't help them anymore. And Sephiroth, like, confronts Cloud and he says, like, you have gained yourself, like, you've gained 10 seconds. Use them wisely. Basically meaning that what they have done has changed something so fundamentally that Cloud will have a 10 second choice to change something. He just doesn't know what it is. So a lot of people are losing their minds. They're like, is Aerith actually going to finally get to survive? Because <laughs> Zack's already back. Zack's alive again. Which already Let has people Aerith losing their live. minds. Yeah. Let her live. But Let of course, her live. Let her but that also it. means, <laughs> that also means someone else could die who didn't before. You know, like, Barrett could die. Tifa could die. Anyone could die now. We don't know what's going to happen. Cloud could die. Cloud could die, yeah. I'm just like, I'm very excited to see... I'm just like, I'm praying that their idiocy with, like, the NFT stuff doesn't ruin the remakes. Because so far, the remakes have been very good. And, like, even that weird little side one they put out with Yuffie was actually pretty interesting, even though it was like very clear that the guy she was hanging out with was going to get murked because you don't appear in the original games at all, sir. You have a disposable character written all over you. <laughs> um, and he does. He gets like completely murked um, in a very, it actually, they do manage to make it kind of sad, but at the same time, I'm just like, it's Yuffie. How many of us are that emotionally attached to Yuffie? <laughs> right. Um, okay, I want to say one thing before before we finish, because now I think we're reaching the point where we need to uh, wrap up. Yeah. Uh, for anybody who is like, well, why didn't they mention this game or that game or the other game from uh, our childhoods? I was not a Sims or Zoo Tycoon kid. I was. Or Roller Coaster Tycoon kid. I played World of Warcraft at the ripe age of nine. <laughs> I did actually play Zoo Tycoon. Um, my mom bought me 
the deluxe edition, which had Zoo Tycoon 1 and both expansions, the aquarium oh, and yeah. the dinosaur expansion. And you bet I was one of those kids who discovered that you, you technically couldn't build a fence across the entrance of the zoo because you had to place a gate in whatever fence you built. That did not extend to ornamental hedges. <laughs> so you bet I was one of those kids who would fill the park with like giant predatory dinosaurs, get the park full, put the hedge there, and then just release the dinosaurs. Oh, you're a monster. I would and with that. <laughs> well, there's other games that like I have played. I was a big GameCube kid. Yes. And so I played a lot of games like uh, this game series is bad uh, for the style they went for, but they were very entertaining to play as a kid. And that's Tack and the Power of Juju. Who? Uh, I, I was also yeah. a Jack and Daxter fan, so. Yes, you made me a Jack and Daxter fan in, late in life because I never owned a PlayStation until Kit was like, I'm going to show you every single cutscene from the Jack and Daxter games, except for the one that doesn't exist. Uh, because fuck that game. Yeah. And I bought a PS2 Slim and the first Jack and Daxter game, tried to play it, got stuck on the fishing minigame, and never touched it again. Oh god, that fishing minigame. Don't feel bad. It took me, like, years to hone the reflexes to beat that game regularly. I hate it. Um, Here anyway, comes a big one! I was a Nintendo kid as a child. Didn't get an Xbox until very late to the game. And never owned a PlayStation until I was an adult. And now I own... I have my family's old Wii, I have my family's old 360, I have a GameCube, I have an SNES, I have multiple different PlayStations. <laughs> All of us have a Switch because we're adults. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just do. Um, feel free to message us and be and tell us, like, uh, what games influenced you as a kid? Stuff like that. Like, uh, Ben, tell us your favorite old man video game. We want to know. <laughs> Um, you know, just let us As know. You, you can contact us. Many comments. Yeah, it's all right though because this is just this is a filler episode. Because after this, I'm gonna start reading. In fact, let's get to that. Uh, the next book is uh the Martin Martin the Warrior actually. Yeah. Um, so I am going to start reading Martin the Warrior and taking notes, and we are gonna start recording again. Uh, probably the first weekend of February. Uh, potentially. I think I have a different recording that day. Uh, we will I mean, I can see. do it on Sunday, too. We're gonna have to see. We've been scheduling okay. guest stuff for Hope's Hearth for uh, the beginning of the year. So okay. a lot of my weekends are starting to fill up with that. Well, either way, we are gonna start recording again in February. Yes. One way or another. Yes. And we are going to be reading Martin the Warrior. So if you'd like to read martin the warrior along with us please feel free to do so we have a discord you should join it it's going to be linked in the description mm -hmm. um please send us any like questions or comments you have about martin the warrior or any of the previous four five 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 five, five we, books we've read five books god we're on the sixth book already yep we still i have say so as if go. we haven't been doing this for a goddamn year already over a year <laughs> I think we're um, on two years now. No, we're not there yet. Okay. 
Not there yet, but we've still got plenty of series left to go. Good boy. <laughs> Looking down at where I've got all of my Redwall books set up next to me. <laughs> um, uh, we hope you enjoyed this this shoot the shit episode. Um, I have been Izzy. You can find me on Tumblr at lotsadeer.tumblr.com. Um, keep an eye out for some project stuff that I have done or am currently working on that will be coming out within the next few months, hopefully. Um, my commissions are currently closed <laughs> because I have so many things to work on. And... I'm tired and want coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Go have some coffee after this. Um, and I have been Kit. You can find me at Kitsy in a box, all one word, on Tumblr for Affinity, Pillow Fort, Toy House, uh, Inkblot, pretty much all those. My commissions are very much open because right now I'm actually working on some pre-made kit someday because uh, I haven't had a lot of time to do that. And I have an idea that's been bugging me for like half a year now that I'm finally getting to do and have fun with. They're so um, good. They're, I've seen them. They're since, so good. Since I have special my privileges. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, Izzy is a mod in my server. Yes. Um, I actually do have a Kitsunday server too. If you guys ever want to check that out, you can yell at me in the Abbey Archives chat. Um, yeah. And yeah, I'm working on some Sparkle Dog themed Kitsunday right now and I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, They're very cute. I yeah. also just asked for a kit Sunday that it's I have gonna, been wanting yes. for years. And I'm excited to work on it. Like, I'm going to work on it on Monday, but this is the weekend, so the weekend I can work on what I want. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, nah, there's no rush on that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and you can find Abbey Archives on uh, Tumblr at Abbey Archives. You can find us on Reddit at Abbey Archives. Uh, I have not been posting much there because we weren't getting a lot of engagement, but we are there. Um, just follow us on Tumblr, join our Discord, uh, oh, this is something we don't say often, but I am encouraging everybody to do that. Please rate and review us on your podcast app. Podcast? Oh, yeah! Podcast app. Um, Spotify now has a rating system. Please rate us on there. Please give us a rating and review, even if it's just, I like this, on iTunes, Acast, whatever the fuck it's called nowadays. I'm showing my age. Um, <laughs> because that lets other people find us. We mm -hmm. don't do advertising. We have no marketing beyond word of mouth and what we manage to post. Because we're broke. Yep. And I don't like Acast's marketing system. Nope. Um, it's so, like to the point where if I hear this is an Acast podcast, it's like, well, time to skip the next 30 seconds. Yeah, exactly. I do the same thing. Um, so like, please give us ratings and reviews. Uh, we enjoy seeing them, especially if you type them out. I'm pretty sure if you do one for Abbey Archives on Acast, it'll send me an email mm -hmm. so that we'll see it and we'll thank you for it because we love you. Yeah. Uh, if it's a bad review, we'll still read it and just be like, well, you're just rude. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, if you review us, we'll give you a shout out. Hey, bribery. Hey, <laughs> bribery. <laughs> um, but yeah, just we want more people to be able to find us because we enjoy what we're doing and we want to share it. We're not looking to make money off of this also because copyrights, I don't think we'd be able to. Mm -hmm. This is um, literally we, we started this for fun. 
yeah, we started this for fun. We're not looking to make money. We just want other people to have fun with us. Um, and I'm going to recommend if you want to listen to uh, Redwall podcasts that have been around longer than us and get their opinions on books, uh, Recorder on the Wall and Re-Redwall are both very good. Mm-hmm. And if you want to listen to other book review podcasts, there is the uh, Escafil Files, which is rereading Animorphs right now. Highly recommend. They are getting so close yeah. to the end of the series. I don't know how Animorphs ends and I'm scared. I have had to bite my tongue on spoilers several times. I am frightened. Um, <laughs> there's uh, Gay Space Rocks, a Steven Universe watching podcast where they watch Steven Universe. Um, they are currently about to finish Future. And then once they finish that, they are actually going to start watching The Owl House. <gasps> Ooh! Yeah, they're going to start watching and doing, like, commentary on the Owl House. It's going to be real good. Um, Are there any other review podcasts I listen to? I don't actually listen to a lot of, like, talk podcasts. Go listen to the podcast minds. I do actually have a couple that I listen to, or or one that I'm still listening to. Um, Is it The Shrieking Shack? Oh, no. I stopped listening to them ages ago. I, I, I had a difference of opinion on their thoughts about how she treats the Dursleys because, um, yes, the fat phobia is bad, but they are physically abusing a child. So whatever comeuppance they get, I think is fair. Um, yeah. You know, like being slightly harassed by a wizard is better than, hey, we're going to starve you for a week because you experience you expressed part of your personality that you have no control over. I just I have a complaint with that. But no, the one that I actually wanted to uh, suggest is one called Kingdom Smarts. Oh, is is that a Kingdom Hearts podcast? It is. It's a Kingdom Hearts (laughs) podcast. And it is, uh, let's see, it's Shannon, who is a Kingdom Hearts fan, has half an hour every week to explain Kingdom Hearts to Jake, her friend, who has no experience of Kingdom Hearts other than vague memories of watching his siblings play it. (laughs) and she has only 30 minutes at a time and oh god i've been listening to the podcast for like a couple of years now and they have reached like they have caught up to kingdom hearts 3 at this point so josh isn't did i say josh or jake anyway jake jake he is invested and i am delighted every time she drops like another big plot thing and he's going no no (laughs) <laughs> and then they got norted. And then no! they got norted. He's like, wait, wait, what happened to my girl, Shion? Like, I didn't like Shion before I actually started, like, reading more about her story, I'll admit. But let's not get back into this. We're doing the closing. Never mind. Anyway. Um, <laughs> if you would like to see more podcast recommendations, please feel free to ask us. I have a Google document that I need to turn into a spreadsheet. Um, and I'm sure Kit has her own podcast recommendations. I'm a history um, nerd. Most of mine are history podcasts, except for listen, Ghost Hunting. Most history. of mine are fiction podcasts. So, yeah. you know, we've got a pretty decent, like, between us, a pretty decent recommendation list. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, just feel free to ask. We listen to a lot of podcasts. It's part of why we wanted to start making a podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Again, we just inspired. doing this for fun. Yeah. And we, we have opinions. Oh, no. As you can tell. Oh, no. Opinions. <laughs> Opinions. Oh, God. Uh, anyway, yeah. So, uh, may your hearth be warm and your hearts be merry from us to you at Redwall Abbey. 
You did it. Bye. Okay. <laughs> we love you. Stay safe. Get vaccinated. <laughs> All right. Do a clap at 45. Oh, let me click over the time that is. Oh, God. Yeah, 45. on social media you can follow us on tumblr and reddit at abby archives and if you would like to help support this podcast you can find us on coffee at ko-fi.com forward slash hs enclave this podcast is part of hearthside enclave and some other shows you might like are hope's hearth a solar hope punk actual play podcast and post-apocalyptic news radio a fallout inspired audio drama